Hey, Riley. Hey, Clark. Uh, do you ever find yourself eating chips, like a lot of chips, and then you realize just how loud your chewing is, and you become instantly self-conscious? <laughs> yeah, like, well, I, I'm more, I'm more often than not, I become self-conscious of, like, how quickly I'm shoveling chips into my mouth. Yeah, yeah, you're like... Because um, that's, that's like, it's like a one speed kind of thing. Like as soon as you start eating chips, it's like turbo. Oh, you got to keep the pace. Yeah. You, you got to keep the pace. Like a socially gonna... acceptable pace for chips. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. slow enough to taste the chips and really like soak the flavor off of them. But yeah. like not uh, enough yeah. for them to get soft. No way. Yeah, exactly. No, but, but yeah, then the noise is a, a totally different kind of self-consciousness, you know, it's like if it's not one it's the other and so eating chips is really dangerous business welcome to into the echo everybody um <laughs> it's a podcast where <laughs> clark and i usually discuss albums that we really enjoy and like to talk about but sometimes we talk about the habits of eating potato chips which it's all is, fair game you know it is it really is and that's the that's the beauty of of talking with people that have a lot of interesting things to say is you can even make uh, talking about eating potato chips interesting. Speaking of which, <laughs> that seems to come up in the album that we're talking about today. Oh, um, again about the chips, Riley. <laughs> I'm telling I you. I, I can't resist. I take everything literally. Yeah, and I when you mention, I mean, forgive me if I'm wrong, but when you mention salt and vinegar, you have one thing in mind. <laughs> and that's chips. Potato chips. <laughs> so the album that Riley is talking about is our... Our album of this episode, which is Shrines by the band Purity Ring. was released in july of 2012 under the 4ad label uh do you know that label riley i honestly i i do not um and i also know fairly little about this band um because this is one of those so last last time we recorded we did um gorillas demon days and mm -hmm. shortly afterwards you know after we stopped recording clark was like oh riley do i have a surprise for you and <laughs> That, immediately, true. that makes me nervous anytime Clark says that. But this mm -hmm. time, he was like, "Well, I know what I know what album we're doing next, and you're not going to like it." And we yeah. both agreed that that's okay every now and then to kind of force the other person to listen to something. Um, yeah, just every now and then. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and and then he said he mentioned Purity Ring, and I was I immediately had a bad feeling about it because I've just got a bad <laughs> connotation with this band for some reason. It's very formulaic as far as the whole EDM music kind of thing goes. I guess yeah. not EDM music, but just EDM goes. Um, and that's kind of what made me skeptical. Is It seems so formulaic and so built for festivals and so built to just please the masses for the next five years and then fade out. But once we got into it, I discovered so much more. And... I was excited about that. I, I thought it was 
is a good, very rewarding experience to kind of like delve into something that I didn't really, wasn't particularly excited about. Um, but I still know very little about what is going on here. So Clark, if you want to just enlighten me a little on what, yeah. what we're supposed to be experiencing here. <laughs> Absolutely. So I guess, um, like you said, this music falls, um, pretty clearly into my wheelhouse i believe this is what you call clark music yeah I, I was gonna mention that like yeah yeah it's we were like having a deep our, we were discussing swelling... yeah we were discussing earlier what genre this fits into and i really think that clark music needs to be a genre <laughs> because uh-huh, like somewhat uh-huh. somewhat upbeat electronically based music with a vocalist that sounds like an eight-year-old yeah like some like wispy pixie dream girl yeah Uh, yeah yeah that is clark music in a lot of ways that's what this album is like it's some really roaming kind of repetitive electronic beats with um yeah kind of a wispy uh breathy female vocals it's really pretty and you hear that um right from the beginning but i guess a little bit of background um the 4AD label that i mentioned earlier that's Mm -hmm. the same label as beirut uh boney vare Deer Hunter, Iron and Wine, uh, Grimes, The National. Do you know who Deer Deer Hunter opened for? Ooh, uh, Shaky Graves. Nine Inch Nails, nice try. Oh, okay, go oh so close. Oh, <laughs> and last but not least, uh, the band Daughter, which is um, what I'd say the band that's most similar to Purity Ring would be Daughter. It's uh, a band that like I listen to it. It's a little bit more folky with the female singer, but it's way less interesting. So I got into this album, uh, I guess it was just about two and a half, three years ago. And the first song that I heard was uh, number two, Fine Shrine. something about it just like the very first time that i heard that chorus hit i was just swept away and something about the swelling and the singing and the talking about pulling apart your ribs to make a shrine over someone i just fell in love instantly and as i started to explore the album it was around the same time as i had um a close friend of mine a close female friend of mine was in my life and pretty much every single song made me think about her and Mm -hmm. reminded me of her and this album has essentially become like a song about a girl in my life and fortunately it's one of the girls that i still have good memories with and it's like it's a very positive thing so when i listen to this i'm thinking back of all those times we had together and like a surprising amount of inside jokes and stuff so i guess i'm a little biased (laughs) towards this album just because it it reminds me of so many little things that just kind of helped me fall in love with it yeah, and that's, I mean, that's the value of albums like this is they could be obscure to somebody else, but it's like, it's that's not what matters. What matters is the value that you get out of it, regardless of how the music sounds. Um, and I think this definitely has potential to be that. It's, On the Surface is a very viscerally sexual album. Yeah, very much so. I'm particularly drawn to because I think they're super interesting to talk about and to 
to get into, but um, I think on the yeah on the surface this is a very sexual album, and I think as soon as you delve into it a little bit, you don't find anything different. You find that it's it's fairly sexual. It is very um, sexual, but the name of the band Purity Ring also seems to tie into it a lot more than maybe than they intended. Like it talks yeah. a lot about shame and a lot about opening yourself up and being vulnerable with someone, which again is is anything with love making. But this is not. A necessarily a lustful album while there are lustful tracks it's more about the vulnerability that comes with lovemaking uh in my mind except for a couple mm-hmm. songs of course yeah, uh, a couple songs really buy into the whole lust thing but that's that's what makes those songs exciting yeah and those lyrics uh that can sometimes be quite lustful are brought to life by megan james uh and the beats yeah. are produced by a guy named corin roddick both of these people for are um canadian they're from Alberta, Canada, but let's. Uh, there's a lot more about this band that I want to talk about, but let's let's get into at least the first song. Let's get that yeah, far. at least the first, and then we'll <laughs> see if we want to keep going. So Crawlers crawlers Out, right from the get-go, um, sounds really, uh, I guess, poppy, but I guess more, like, happy. It's very much yeah. major chords. You can hear a lot of the instrumentations coming in, and you're starting to get introduced to the drums as they mm-hmm. come in. And then we start to get some of these, like, really incomprehensible vocal cuts coming in, where yeah. it's they're definitely sampling somebody singing something. Uh, but you can't really, that's about all you can tell. You can't distinguish words or anything like that. Yeah. It's just, it's a vocal sound just to, just to be an instrument. That's it. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, um, right away we're introduced to, uh, kind of the da-da-da-da little scale, uh, Mm -hmm. that we hear Megan sing time and time and time again in this album. So in Crawlers Out, uh, I think this is a great first song because it introduces us to many of the <laughs> four, maybe four and a half themes that I find continuously through this album. Four and a half. Four this and is, a half. Ladies and gentlemen, let it be known that this is the first album that we are doing that has four and one half themes. <laughs> All right. So uh, the first theme that I keep seeing song and song and song again is um, the theme of adornment whether that is decorating yourself with something, as in this mm-hmm. song where it says, adorn me with feathers from dead birds. Adorn me in feathers from dead birds and contemplate the signs of leather pelts to wind me and put shudders on my eyes. So there's adornment slash protecting oneself from the elements. Uh, we also have theme number two, body parts. Yeah, body parts. That's what when you first introduced this album to me, that was one of the first things you talked about. Mm-hmm, um, so mm-hmm. I thought this was 
coming into this, I was expecting a concept album, basically. Well, and are you so convinced that it's not? No, I'm not. I'm not convinced at all that it's not. I think it probably still is, but not, not in the way like we're coming. <clears throat> we're coming off of Demon Days on this recording. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That is very clearly quite. a concept album, whereas this is conceptually a concept album. Just let that sink in for just a <laughs> few seconds. A concept album. <laughs> Mind blown. Uh-huh. Uh, so theme number three. We're getting there. Uh, animals. Okay. We hear a okay? lot about animals and the wilderness. Yeah. Uh, track number yep. four. Or sorry, not track number four. Whoa. Uh, theme number four. Uh-huh. Things going in and out of other things. Oh, God. Yeah, I can't really oh, find God. a shorter way to this say it. sounds that. like a bloodhound gang breakdown here. <laughs> Animals and things going in and out of other things. I mean, we might as well just do that one bloodhound gang song. You and me, baby, ain't nothing but mammals, so let's do it like they do on the Discovery Channel. And that brings us so smoothly into theme four and a half Grandma. <laughs> oh god. Because I, I was swear, wondering, I was wondering why you were googling grandma stuff earlier. No, I just uh, I, I kept hearing grandma so many times when I listened through this album, just because I had it on repeat. So I was convinced that it said the word grandma in like four or five different songs. And now that I'm actually looking through, it's it's only two songs. We have Crawling Out songs. and uh, Belly Speak. But that's okay. still like the grandma to album ratio is way higher than usual. It's pretty high. Yeah, two to one is fairly <sighs> high. <laughs> So, what do you think about the first song, Crawlers Out? It definitely introduces you to what you're going to be experiencing for the rest of the album. I put this first song on, and I was like, oh boy. This is, <laughs> this is going to be everything I liked for about eight months when I was 21. Um, but it turned into so much more after that, because it gives you, you get that, immediately you get that feel of like, okay, this is might be building into another EDM album that's going to last for a year and then everyone's going to forget about who this is. Mm-hmm. And but then as soon as Megan Jones starts singing, um it's like, okay, so this whoever's singing actually gives a shit about their music and what what's happening here. And mm-hmm. this is all very deliberate rather than just being created for a like a party atmosphere. Yeah, and I think this is a prime example of music as therapy in the sense of um, she's working through some stuff. And mm-hmm. for some of these songs, it feels like she's looking backwards. For some of these, it feels like she's looking forward. Um, and some of these, you know, you can tell that she's just kind of getting lost in her mind thinking about an experience, you know? So mm-hmm. it, it's definitely an album of exploring emotions. Uh, yeah. So when it comes to song number one, uh, there's a, I don't know if it's, the pre-chorus of the chorus but he essentially says they'll cover the hills with their sweet flesh and soft nails they'll cover the doors with the screams that their minds dispose i think uh they'll sew their long hairs into the beds to keep them crawlers out what like do you think this is a happy song or do you think that this is like a weird depressing song like what um, what, what do you think the crawlers represent because we hear we hear about the crawlers again in the album so what's your impression of like the crawlers that are coming out, which which gives the song its name. Um, 
I really don't know what to make of that. I like I want to say that this it sounds like this is supposed to be a positive song, um, mm-hmm. and supposed to be. It sounds inspirational to me. I don't know. I mean, that's that's yeah. kind of the the feeling I get when I come away from this song. But I think the overall feeling of the song is that it's two people trying to work together to do mm-hmm. something, um, and whatever keeping the crawlers out happens to be i think that's what they're working towards and i think that's that's overall a positive thing it's it just feels positive to me yeah and pretty much my interpretation to put it shortly is like crawlers are invasive thoughts and insecurities that come with depression or anxiety uh, specifically anxiety so i think yeah it's they're essentially trying to keep out those negative things and those negative thoughts that are trying to crawl in and they're doing that by using each other to to protect themselves yeah absolutely i think i think that is that's kind of the feeling that i got without being able to explain it (laughs) yeah and i feel like we see something kind of similar in track number two fine shrine I was hoping we would get to find Shrine because this is one of my favorites. Oh, it's such a good song. Like I said, this is the song that, you know, really brought me into this album mm-hmm. and that I'm still, it's still probably my favorite song. Not going to lie. It's still one that I will listen to by itself without the album all yeah. the time. Yep. I would, I would agree with that. As soon as this song came on, as I was listening through this album for the first time, I was like, okay, I, I made the right decision here in in doing this episode with Clark. It is so well coordinated and so well put together. And like, I mean, like we were talking about earlier, it's, I mean, love or hate trap, which I'm I'm more of a hater of <laughs> trap music. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. this was so, this is, I mean, in our day and age, three years is pretty far, but this is so far ahead of its time because it's so heavily oh, yeah. trap influenced. It has that that really repetitive snare sound in the background and very hi-hat heavy on the drum beat. But just enough to make it catchy, not enough to make it obnoxious. And, I mean, Megan Jones's voice is is absolutely what carries this song yeah and what's kind of cool too is uh a lot of these songs um the music was made first like he made the music and then he sent it to her and she put lyrics over it oh wow so yeah you probably wouldn't guess that like especially listening to this track where it just seems to ease so um flawlessly into the chorus Mm -hmm. where we just hear this building and this building and then just the I, man, there's something about that chorus when it says, um, pull my little ribs around you. Just the imagery of this song blows me away. Yeah. And how she managed to capture 
it's like she knew exactly what needed to go over this beat and she just captured it so perfectly because she she makes herself seem really small with her voice where mm-hmm. she is something that's kind of hankering down and hiding inside of somebody and using them as their protector uh yeah she just pulls it off so well in this track oh absolutely and i mean that's what that's what immediately got me interested in this is i i remember you specifically mentioning this song um and the chorus specific very specifically the chorus um and it is it is such interesting imagery um i mean somebody cracking open their sternum and opening up their rib cage to accept somebody else uh i mean speaking of things going in and out of each other that's pretty serious <laughs> yeah yeah that's some serious like, i mean that's that, that's the real deal right there which i think is what they're trying to get at i think they're i think they're really reaching for that absolute totally encompassing overtaking feeling of wanting to give yourself completely to somebody yeah and and it just fit so well for how i felt at the time because i did i felt myself being pulled apart and my myself just wanting to bring this new person into my heart and into my life and like man it's that it's that weird sense where all of a sudden your head doesn't make the decision anymore it's just this this thing in your chest that's pulling towards someone yeah exactly. and that's uh and i also like that she kind of references it again in the second verse She says, splitting threads of thunder over me. Instead of saying ribs, she's saying threads of thunder. That's a, that is a beautiful Im- imagery, yeah. Yeah, and you can just picture the cracking of the ribs and how it would sound like thunder if you were inside of the ribcage. And it's, yeah. it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful imagery. Yeah, and Clark, I mean, I know that living with me was a very life-changing experience, but <laughs> you could have just told uh-huh. me at the time that this song <laughs> made, made you think of me. I was really hoping you wouldn't catch on that I was talking about you this whole time. Oh, no. <laughs> that that leads us to the next track, which, um, I mean, I like I said earlier, my note on this song is it's the arpeggiator track. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because that's the instrument that starts and kind of drives this song. Is just somebody plugging in like an E sharp into the arpeggiator and throwing <laughs> it on like a very simple keyboard sound. Um, but it fits yep. so well. It still fits so well. Yeah. And this is another one of those songs that sounds really, really happy. I couldn't tell you if it's actually happy or not, but it's, yeah. it sounds happy. Uh, it and does. We again, or we get the same like da 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 type of phrasing with the lyrics. her vocal patterns are very poppy which is fine it works especially because the the beats aren't always poppy so it kind of clashes really well at times Mm -hmm. uh 
so ungirthed i probably have the fewest notes about this song uh just like you said it does have the arpeggio yeah one of the things that impresses me about this song is just the vocal range that megan produces here her her voice is all over the place i mean like right away um like within her first verse she is just on all sorts of different scales and is hitting all sorts of different notes um more so than the previous two songs and i think that that she's really kind of showing off on this song which is great because i think she's got great vocal talent yeah and she's showing off without vibrato without uh long drawn out notes or anything she's showing off with just the little pecks of notes Mm -hmm. uh and just how well she is able to just staccato her way through some of these notes, especially just in the high soprano register, how she'll just kind of breeze through those. And then she'll go into a, like a full um, like mezzo soprano alto for the chorus. So she really does make it look and sound easy. And yeah. I'd like to, I hope, she'll, I hope she can do that live. So this song, I kind of have a hard time tracking down what the theme or what it's supposed to be about. I, I kind of had the same reaction. I don't really know what to make of it lyrically. Um, mm-hmm. But you can, that's the thing about this is you can kind of get the feel from it musically instead of anything else. It's a fairly short song too. It's only It only comes in at two minutes and 49 seconds long, which... It's yeah. something indicative of punk, not electronic music. So, <laughs> Which I'm totally on board with. Yeah, please, exactly. everyone, make more songs under three minutes. Please. And please, punk, come back to us. Oh, please. thank goodness. You, you disappeared you at the it. end of the, like, in the middle of the 90s, and you've, <laughs> you haven't reared your ugly head again. So, please. Dude, I have an album for you. We'll, we'll talk about it off mic. Okay, uh, sounds good. I have a perfect punk album for you, though. Okay. Uh, on to track number four. Amenami? Amenami. I loved this song right away. Yeah? Um, oh, I didn't know that. That's it's cool. Just, it's so... The use of that... Like I like I mentioned earlier, that vocal sound, mm-hmm. <laughs> which is obviously a keyboard of some kind, but the sound of it, it's just it's a beautiful opening. So another thing I really like about the intro of this song is that this is the first song that kind of differentiated this album from from other similar electronic music that I've listened to. Yeah, and I think a big part of that is uh, in the same way that. The last track uh, showed off a lot of her vocal and singing abilities. I feel like this song shows off a lot of her writing abilities Mm -hmm. and that we find ways that she squeezes in extra syllables here and there to match perfectly with the music. And when we keep in mind that I think all of these songs, the music was written first and then sent to her, the way that she really fills in the spaces and the tricks that she used to do that are brilliant. Like we see that right away with um, somberly, somberly, Linger lie longerly. That's not a word. That's longerly. Not a word. No, no, it's not a word. And that normally just pisses me right off. And then we also see that again uh, in the chorus. 
and then it goes into if you heard it says for this candented dawn and i looked up candented that's not a word either no uh can candent is and so she just kind of made it into um I, I forget what part of speech that would be, but she turned candent, which is like a bright burning thing with a lot of intensity, and she just turned it into a different part of speech just to fit into the rhyming scheme. Yeah. And we see that again with the uh, last verse, which starts off with and boil and toil. But the way that she says it, she turns scalloped into, I think, like four or five syllables. She really stretches it out. Yeah. And so it just... All over the place, we're hearing this brilliant, brilliant use of uh, just adding in little things here and there to really make it fill the space. So talk about um, just clever songwriting. And yeah. that's one thing you don't hear in electronic music as no. much is people mixing up the rhyme schemes. Like Not that. at all. And that's what, I, that's what I think I love about this song is that it's so clever, both musically and lyrically. And I think that's what really breaks the mold of traditional modern day electronic music for me on this track is that it just mm -hmm. it feels so new and so different and so talented compared to a lot of the stuff that's out there right now but i think this song definitely sounds happy even though this is one that i think we can or i can clearly say is not a happy song for one we see in the first verse where it says um let's see Grateful our cold memories cry for the plentiful times that her eagerly death hath had counterintuitive underride. Um, I kind of looked into that and some people are like, oh, well, an underride is when, you know, a car hits a taller car and it kind of goes under it and you hit the windshield and the person dies because of that. I, I don't know how much I believe that, but it does sound like her eagerly death hath had. Um, and thinking back on the memories of that, it seems like somebody died. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I think, I mean, that's the feeling I get from from the music and from the, um, I mean, from the tone of the lyrics throughout this song is that it's it's ultimate ultimately it's an uplifting song, but thematically, I think it's it deals with some pretty heavy stuff, and you can feel that throughout um, throughout the song. And though it's not executed quite as well in the next track, uh, track number five, yeah, Grand Loves. So before we get into the least impressive song, let's tell a little bit about uh, where you can find show notes for this song and where you can find this episode. Uh, so Into the Echo is part of Secret Weapon Productions. So you can find all of our show notes for this episode at secretweaponproductions.com slash echo slash four. Uh, I'm going to link to a really good interview that uh, the producer, his name is, let's see, Corin Roddick, he did this really, really good interview with Music Radar where he talks about how he came to make his music and the way that he made it, um, why it sounds the way it does, why it took so long between albums. Fantastic, fantastic interview. So, um, yep, you'll find that there. You can also find us at Twitter. Yeah, please. Um, do, I, I'm, I'm lonely on Twitter. Follow me at Echopod. Um, I'm updating with music news and all sorts of really hilarious quips, I'm sure. Um, and you can also follow us on Facebook, Into the Echo, of course, 
um, keep up to date with our latest episodes, uh, latest projects. We're starting to, um, in the next couple of weeks, we'll be crowdsourcing one of our next episodes with... Uh, it's going to be so fun. It's going fun. to be the most fun Clark and I have ever had together, I imagine. Um, and what we're doing is asking for input on a certain playlist of songs that we're going to be talking about. So keep an eye on our Facebook, uh, Into the Echo, and Twitter, at EchoPod, and uh, Instagram, at Echo Podcast, where we'll be kind of posting what albums we're talking about, what we're going to be looking at, um, albums to look at even outside of the podcast. Um, follow us on there. Be involved. We love it. Um, and it create it makes our conversation that much richer when we have other people involved. So please get out there. Get involved with us, and, and we will be involved back. So, so track number five, Grand Love. Uh, so this features Young Magic, which is an experimental I guess not pop, um, experimental electronic group from Brooklyn, hmm. holler. And, holler. <laughs> holler, yes. Holler. That's how people in Brooklyn holler. talk is holler. Mm-hmm. All of them that I met. So the first time that I listened to, or the first time that I heard Young Magic come in on this song, uh, especially their vocalist, I thought for a split second, I'm like, isn't this that song by Empire of the Sun? We are always running for the And then I'm like, oh wait, no, it's it's a little bit different. Wait a second. <laughs> not much. It's not though. a cover yeah. of that song. <laughs> no, it's its own thing, and thankfully Megan is there to carry it too, because uh though I will say that their voices, when they sing together, they work really well together. They do. I. That's what I noticed about this song. If anything, that's what I noticed about this song, is that they... I mean, for being unrelated to acts, they seem to work together incredibly well. Yeah, their timbre is just really similar. It's it's a really nice sound. Uh, the lyrics, I, the main body part that they talk about is eyes in this one, and specifically like digging into your eyes or drilling a hole through your eyelids to see things. Um, and I, I mean, it's pretty hackneyed at this point to include eyes in a love song, but I love the fact that this song is called Grand Loves. It's like it's like it's the the grandest of love organs is the eye. And this song also ties a lot into the idea of putting things into other things. Um <laughs> Yes, as as <laughs> we all like to do, I'm sure. It's true. Uh but in verse number two, Megan says, I'll grow bitters on the borders of your whistling skin. And then she ends that verse with uh take what you are make it make it sacramental where it feels like she's like building up um i guess like the name of the album like she's building up a shrine for this person mm -hmm. and uh she's just like looking at this thing that she's assembled of little bits and pieces of this person um and it's kind of a love song it's kind of a song about 
I guess, missing someone. Yeah. But it, it's still, I think it communicates what this song is trying to communicate. Is that mm-hmm. we're all, I mean, we all need, just need to advance past a certain point in, for lack of a better phrase, the art of love. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I, like, he doesn't want us to be trapped in some sort of youthful, you know, naive sort of way of looking at this. Um, like I said, I mean, that plays right into what I said earlier about this. Is this a very viscerally sexual album? Like, this is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there, nothing about that imagery is pretty. No, but it is accurate but it's not nearly as sexual as the next track track number six cartographist As a sneak preview, you guys are going to be hearing this track again in a couple episodes. But <laughs> holy shit! Yeah, you will. This is this <laughs> is a dirty, loud, nice track to listen to. Um, mm-hmm. And right away, you can tell. I mean, just from just from the basic. I mean, there's only a few different sounds layered on top of each other for the first minute of this song. And you can already tell that this is going to be a dark, kind of heavy, bassy song. And that's exactly what it turns into. Like, right at around a minute in, the bass kicks in, and you really kind of feel the weight of what they're trying to get through on this song. As, as I was kind of discussing this album with Clark along the way here for the past couple of weeks, I mean, this this is absolutely shot up to the top of, not the top, but it's shot up to the top five <laughs> of, like, best songs to have sex to, because this is, I mean, mm-hmm, this is mm-hmm. up there for sure. This brings our uh, our text conversation earlier back into, into my mind. Let me, <laughs> I'm just going to go ahead and transcribe Clark and I's text for you folks. Mm. Um, so we were talking about when to record tonight, and uh, and I said, you know, yeah, tonight sounds great. See, what, you know, I'll do it. We'll do it later on tonight. I'm just gonna get home and listen to this album a bunch. Then I mentioned that you know I'll try not to have sex with anything or anyone because that's exactly what this album makes me want to do, especially this song. Clark said, mm-hmm, Clark suggested mm-hmm. that I put a notice up on my door for anyone that says knock at your own enjoyment. Um, if that lead, if that guy if that points you guys in any sort of direction as far as what this song is going to make you want to do, it's going to become uncontrollable. So listen to this song with with caution. Even though I think this song is a little bit about withholding to an extent, where it does say, I mean, right here it sings. So, yes, <laughs> very much exploring caverns that they found within. Oh, her. yes. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, I wonder where that could be. But it is preceded by um, 
where the song got its name is color your cartography in dreams of me maps will not lie will not lie will not lie in me so that's saying like dream about the map of me and finding the hills and valleys and caverns of me but these maps will not lie in me like essentially i'm not here to fill in your dreams i'm not here to just like fulfill your fantasies like uh and and that's why when she sings um at least this is a little bit how i took it where she addresses her lover as oh my sweet fairy our hearts did us wrong And this whole thing sounds like very fantastical and um, a little bit, uh, what's the word? Not science fiction-y. Um, I guess fantasy-based, yeah. where she's singing about like fairies and stuff. I mean, that that part's super interesting to me because it almost, I mean, it, it translates into almost a life after death. It almost translates into yeah, yeah. a transcendence of, of body and mind into something that's, it's supernatural almost that the art of love making is supernatural in this song and i think that that's what's mm-hmm. so appealing about it is that it turns it into something that it's you know you don't normally think of it as yeah yeah but it's definitely saying that like this was a part of what we had that apparently is very very important to us and it keeps us you know we keep thinking about it um regardless of circumstance exactly yeah and i think i mean that's what it makes this song so intriguing speaking of intriguing i'm intrigued to know uh, what are you what are you drinking tonight oh yes um i suppose that's an important part of this podcast as yeah. as you open <laughs> another one well i'm drinking <laughs> um, <laughs> since i just opened it uh line and kugels honey vice oh, uh, no. fantastic so let's just let's Which just pause is, uh... let's just have a moment of silence for clark's manhood <laughs> I had a salmon fly honey rye last time. That was a yeah, good that's, uh, Montana That's pretty beer. good. That's pretty. Yeah. That's pretty good. But it's never going to recover. One out of four, not bad. One out of four isn't <laughs> bad. Twenty-five percent. Uh, um, but what is? Uh, sorry, what do you? What are I you am drinking? drinking the uh, the cider from Locust Cider. It's their original dry. Um, it's my first time having it. It's super. It it really lives up to its name. It's dry. There's almost no. Huh sweetness to it it just tastes like tastes like if you just blended up apples and added some effervescence to it it it's pretty good it's really good um i'm impressed that sounds excellent it is. yeah that sounds great <laughs> so next track track number seven belly speak the song about grandma yeah this is the song about i don't know we've got some things to say about this song um it's not my favorite track immediately right away i i knew i was like wait this this isn't what i want to hear from these guys it it sounds like if i'm to take the lyrics uh literally it is a confession of her lust to her grandmother (laughs) essentially Uh saying i mean we hear we we hear uh Grandma, my hands have wandered, uh, and my legs, my little legs are getting weak. Bid lend me your wispy frame and guard my powers, guard my precious powers in its cage. 
I kind of I kind of gather that as like help me keep my chastity, but that's really weird. So like, what else could this mean? I I mean, you your take was so eloquently stated that I don't really know if I want to share mine. But okay, so but mm-hmm. for normal people listening to this song that don't that don't analyze songs very often, she includes mm-hmm. the phrase salt and vinegar, and so. <laughs> Again with the salt and vinegar. <laughs> I, I just want to take a... I, okay. I think I'll... Actually, after this episode airs, I think I'll put out a Twitter poll and see uh-huh. what people think of when they hear the term salt and vinegar, whether it's carnal so- grandma desires or potato chips. And I think people will answer probably potato chips. Those of you that answer carnal grandma desires, I will probably recommend a therapist to you. So the lyric that he's talking about right here is in um, the second part of verse one, where it says, Like, what the fuck else do I say about it, though? I mean, (laughs) Mm. I I really don't, I, I mean, I just... You say that she mentions salt a lot in this in this album, which I do I mm-hmm. do see come up fairly often. Um, what mm-hmm. I mean, what do you think? What do you think that that is getting at? Uh, so I think salt in the same way that it's used in the next song, I believe, Saltkin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think that this is used in the same sense of Saltkin, where uh, salt is a classic thing used to keep. Um, ghosts and negative spirits away you make a circle of salt around yourself and that makes it so that negative things can't get in so uh when she says bid hem the skirts and salt and vinegar i think that um again maintains the idea of chastity or purity if you want to go with the title of the band where it's saying skirts are the things that things would go up inside to um so you're essentially taking the your this is the most awkward conversation i've ever had with you clark this is really weird, yeah. So you're hemming into the skirts salt and vinegar, which are two things that are unpleasant and good at keeping things away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in my mind, this is, it just ties into the keeping things away and um, especially the negative uh, spirits or negative temptations that come over you. And I should say that I don't think her grandma that she keeps referring to is alive in this track. I think that... Um, she is pretty much referring to uh, someone that was close to her in her childhood or something like that, who is now gone. And she's essentially like reaching out and being like, huh, like I, when I knew this person and she was telling me these things about purity, I was a young girl, but now that I'm being faced with these temptations head on, I'm having a really hard time not giving into them. So I'm going to this, to my grandma, to this person who first talked to me, who's no longer around, but I'm asking her like, Hey, help me to preserve these, um, things that you taught me because I'm having a really hard time doing it myself. And so the next track we're talking about, (laughs) am I, am I wrong? Jesus. That is, that is completely changed. I mean, overall to me, it's an uninteresting song, but, after you completely just melted my brain about what the lyrical content <laughs> is is talking about, I may give it a closer listen, but the music is not mm-hmm. what's going to keep me there. Uh, that's fair. Uh, just yeah, give it another listen. There's nothing. There's not much on this on like rap genius or anything. So I'm just kind of pulling this all out of somewhere. But who knows? Maybe it'll yeah. change things. And then I mean, 
I think I think it's a little bit redeemed by the next track, Salt Kin. Um, oh yeah, which yeah, it immediately starts out like a pop song. I mean, with with mm-hmm, just her mm-hmm. voice coming in right away as the first as the first sound that you hear. And then her voice is met up with um, kind of these happy sounding uh, harmony. Of, uh, I don't know, like her, her vocals are always echoed and they're harmonized really tightly. This is also, I mean, it's a very heavily trap influenced song, which is hard to say because this was really before trap was a popular genre. Yeah. But it definitely has those sounds to it. It's got like the, it's very heavily Let's just, I mean, let's just leave it at rap influenced. Yeah, yeah. And you can kind of see the range of the uh, producer, how, you know, I wonder what he was thinking she was going to do with this track when he sent it to her. Like, I bet this is one where he's like, well... We'll see this, if she can work this with this. might just stay instrumental. Yeah, but no, she made it she work. She did, and which is uh, surprising because it does sound like it was almost meant to just be instrumentation that was in this song, not mm-hmm, without mm-hmm. lyrics. Um, and it goes with the standard whispering, childlike voice. Uh, she falls into, I think, four of the four and a half themes here. Where, <laughs> well, I guess she all four. There, and four there are and four and three quarters, quarters as well, themes. because. Yeah, yeah. So because she also starts off with talking about the crawlers, she talks about lots of different body parts, like her heart, her sweating lips, her starving hips, uh, and then talking about the colt inside of her and uh, the heavy feathers that are on her drooping head, which talks about, again, adornment and covering yourself with parts of the animals. Mm -hmm. So it's all here, and it's all really good, I think. Mm very sexual though like we see in the chorus um she says jesus yeah <laughs> so what do you uh, what do you take from this one <laughs> Oh, this is it. Nice, expert level one. Nice, uh, <laughs> nice passing that off to me. That's uh, that's well done, Clark. So you don't have to talk about what you think salt sprinkling is. Um, that's okay. I just blacked out for a while on the last track, so I'm gonna. I, I think I, I don't even remember what I just talked about. So I'll let you cover this one. I mean, it sounds it sounds almost like she's referencing a negative sexual experience um, with like the talking about the cult inside of her. I don't. I don't. I really don't know what to make of it. It sounds fairly negative to me, but it's very obviously mentioning a specific sexual experience. Um, but it kind of that that message kind of contradicts the overall feel of the song, which is is par for the course for this album because the whole album almost sounds uplifting, but then the lyrical content is anything but. Yeah, and I mean that comes right off the bat when we hear. Uh when her lyrics first come in for the first verse where it says the crawling animals will seek all things warm, all things moist. You want to not think about vaginas when you're listening to the song, 
but then they just I, like it's just there yeah. it just I, there's no way yeah. to not i mean yeah and i think this song again covers um like in the last song it covers problems with purity and staying pure because she's saying i will relentlessly shame myself uh and when she's talking about how she's lying and wait for something to come and uh <clears throat> satisfy her oh she's yes, she's like course. shaming herself again so my take on uh when she says form a salt sprinkle it around me uh and there's a cult inside of me I, again like so as i mentioned before a ring of salt is meant to keep things out for the most part like you're safe within a circle of salt but i think in this sense she also means to contain things within so to keep the like the crawling creatures out and also to make sure that her lusts and her urges don't go beyond the salt and they only stay with that one person hmm. uh so again i think this is a song about temptation and about um waiting for the right person mm-hmm. And keeping other things out, especially because those other things are dangerous and they are hurting and they do make you feel ashamed. So definitely, like you said, this could be about a specific experience, especially when she comes into the last verse where it gets kind of weird. Yeah, it says, varnish my forehead red and evening, drip down over my jowls. Like, There's nothing hmm? There's nothing sexy about jowls. Jowls, no, never in the history like, of jowls have they been sexy. No, and varnishing her forehead red in the evening, like, hmm. It just seems like a, like a, oh no, it talks about, oh, right before it, it says, yeah, the creeper's blood is seeking from this undead wooden headboard. headboard. Varnish my forehead red in the evening. So she's talking about bathing in the creeper's blood this is a weird song it is man. it's fucked up and that's okay though i mean i think i feel like it yeah. fits at this yeah. point in the album um because i think uh the next track obadir ob obdir i don't know how you want to obadir yeah is it's it's a playoff of uh oh but dear and then she just kind of like it, i think it's kind of like the it's dare from the previous episode i think once <laughs> she started singing um oh but dear an, enough times it just kind of started to become one word in her mind oh, but dear, the sky is But this is a much more melancholy sounding song. But I think maybe it's the recovery we need from the weirdness that was Salt Kim. Yeah, this one is a bit more um a bit more predictable, a bit easier to read, and it focuses it uses a lot more of those uh what did you call them? The vocal vocal sounds, cuts? just the vocal the sounds. Vocal yeah. sounds. Yeah, it uses a lot of those in the intro. kind of goes into this beautiful storytelling of um this wilderness and this mountain range and uh and two people like kind of running through the forest and bare feet getting skinned up on their feet and knees like 
Well, I mean, what, what does that do? I, like, I think it's it's a very nice extraction from what happened in Saltkin, which is very. The scale of Saltkin was very small. It was dealing directly with, mm-hmm. you know, specific body parts and specific things happening at very, you know, small parts of the body. But this. Yeah. This is a, I mean, this is still a visceral song, but it's kind of talking about the full body experience that you get. Like, um, mm-hmm. you know, speaking about like, like walking around in the mountains, getting your feet skinned up. I mean, that's like, that's a, that is a full body experience for sure. Um, and I think she's yeah, kind of equating yeah. that to, to something other than obviously something other than, you know, what happened in Salt Can, which who knows? I mean, who knows what happened in Salkin? Nobody knows. And I think that's encapsulated really well by um, the end of the chorus where it says, leaves us plastered to a bed of hairs with me all coiled up near the bottom with my chest unbared. And on the surface, that might look weird, like plastered to a bed of hairs. Where, like, At first, I thought that was visceral and that was kind of a gross thing. But then it kind of reminded me of how in relationships when you are with someone, especially like in a bed or in a shower or something like that, you do find a lot of that person's hair. Oh yeah, don't even don't even get me fucking started about finding loose hair. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, whatever. So even though that's kind of a weird thing, like plastered to a bed of hairs. No, no, it's just talking about like again, like being vulnerable. And she's talking about being coiled up near the bottom of the bed with her chest unbared. Like this is the thing of vulnerability. This is just like an everyday snapshot from their relationship. It's just more of like a feeling of, of what it was to be with that person or to continue to be with that person. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's kind of, that's kind of what I got right away. Um, it does. It's one of the few songs on this album that sounds dark though. The, the instrumentation sounds dark. Yeah, and we do get to, I guess, the actual chorus. What I was talking about was the pre-chorus, but um, here it says... It ends with, as you heard, it says, gather up its harm in gauze with grateful arms, where it's, um, I, I guess what I take from this, and when it goes on to say, uh, oh, my dreams come back to me, oh, my wrinkles build on me, the more I think about it, the more this is about growing old with someone. You know, I think that that it, she is covering a lot of ground compared to the other songs on this album. This one kind of spans multiple, I mean, it spans sexuality and mortality, like you said. But mm-hmm. then we get immediately launched into so, I I, I mean with song with albums that we review, I like to mm-hmm. try and rate them on iTunes because you can, and because it gives me a feel <laughs> for kind of the flow of the album. So on my iTunes, the last three songs, Obadir, Salkin, and Belly Speak, all have three stars, which is a pretty bad rating for me. But then we get launched yeah, right yeah. into a five star song with Lofty Cries. Mm-hmm. 
I immediately like the instrumentation and it sounds, it's just interesting to listen to even without lyrical content. It's, uh, it's very well produced and it's very well put together. It's got a very nice rhythm to it. Um, and I wish, I wish, I really wish I had a technical name for whatever the hell that keyboard sound was. That sounds like a voice, but <laughs> I don't, but it's, very adept use of it. it i mean it almost makes it sound like another vocalist um and i think that that really kind of carries this whole intro until the the actual vocalist starts singing Which, the lyrics to this song, also very sexual. But, like I was mentioning earlier, anytime a, a lyricist mentions thighs, they're, they're not, that's not an innocent mention of, like, they're not talking about, like, chicken thighs. No. Especially not trembling thighs. Yeah, trembling thighs is, that leads to one thing. And mm -hmm. there's really no, I mean, that's a one-way street. So, this song is very sexual, which... Of course, I have no problem with, but it's it's exactly what you need near the end of this album as far as pulling you out of whatever the hell happened for the last three songs. And it's interesting that you say pulling you out of what happened because the verses specifically allude to um, like hovering over yourself and pulling yourself out of your body and viewing what's happening from uh, a bird's eye view where it says yeah. you must be hovering over yourself, watching us grip on each other's sides. Which, again, very sexual, but very. <laughs> in the same way that it's like pulling out of this like weird um, kind of haze from the last few songs that I liked personally. But this is saying like, I, you must be really be immersed in this. And it's hard to describe in the sense of like you're immersed, but at the same time you're seeing it happen from the outside. And I don't know, I've had experiences like that, especially memories, where it's like in the moment you're first person and you're there and you're experiencing this visceral thing. Uh, but when you think back and and when I remember, it seems to always be in third person. Yeah, your your experience was so otherworldly that mm -hmm. when you were experiencing it, it was you were very much present and and in the moment, but when you look back on it to remember it, there's no way to reconnect with what happened. Yeah, so what do you think about the lyric where it says, Dear brother, collect all the liquids off the floor, use your oily fingers, make a paste, let it form. You know, of all the things on this album, I was really hoping you were going to ask me about. <laughs> that was the one. So, <laughs> and here we are. Um, like, come on, do you have to say, Dear brother, or can you say something else? Yeah, Dear lover, that fits. That fits. Yeah, that just fits fine. way better. Yeah. That fits way better. And then this would be easy to talk about. Yeah. And say, um, nope, dear brother. Hmm. I don't know. I, I want to believe that she's just, she's kind of buying into the the whole brotherhood of man kind of thing. Yeah, that, I think that's with what that mention. Yeah. Um, God, I wish, <laughs> I wish we could go a different direction. 
<laughs> with that because I don't think this album is particularly incestual. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I, I don't think so either. I think you're right that it's like Brotherhood of Man. And I feel like she probably mentions Brother at least one more time in the album and we just kind of breeze past it. Uh, yeah. But this song does feed a lot into, again, body parts, talks a lot about body parts. Let's see, there's hearts, yep. teeth, thighs. Well, and like I said, thighs, you can't, I mean, there's no, yeah, there's no way to desexualize thighs unless you're talking about chicken, of course. Yeah. (laughs) Nope. But it does talk about sockets and ears, ruptured skulls. Uh, That's okay. I mean, you can still sexualize that kind of. Yeah. This song, it's great. I don't know if we're supposed to find some deeper thing in it, except for, I guess, the the passion of lovemaking and how it can be a healing thing and how it can both yeah. take you out of your mind but put you fully in your mind at the same time. Yeah. It's capable of doing both, you know? It's, yeah. it's a very duplicitous thing. Exactly, and I think that's where the lofty part of Lofty Cries comes in, mm, is that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it can absolutely separate you from your from your physical existence if certain conditions are met. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think that's kind of what she's touching on here. And then this... <laughs> I mean, this leads beautifully into the last song, which mm-hmm. lyrically, this is not a beautiful song at all. When the moon is full And I pride I'll take up your guts To the little shed outside No, it's it's very short for lyrics. Shuck yeah. is the name of the song, by the way. Shuck is yeah. into shuck an oyster. Yeah, and I don't know. I have a hard time with any song that mentions guts. Ah, uh, <laughs> yep. And she, it, like, like we said earlier, I mean, she sounds so innocent. Her her vocals sound so innocent, but she says, "I'll take up your guts to the little shed outside." Like what the mm-hmm. fuck? <laughs> what does that mean? It sounds like it sounds like something straight out of The Shining or like Last House on the Left. But the instrumentation is so beautiful. Yeah, the it, instrumentation is beautiful and you cannot escape that. And it seems to be the theme of the song is is taking little bits of oneself or another person and then like putting it somewhere else. Like she says, I'll shuck all the light from my skin, then I'll hide it in you. I'll pluck the long grass that grows from me and hide it in you. Where it's like, okay, what what is happening here? <laughs> either either she's being so either the song is is meant is talking about the phenomenon of being able to kind of hide your imperfections and hide your uh insecurities in another person that you're with Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. or using them as an excuse for those yeah you know Um, i like that i like that a lot so it could go either way uh and i think i mean with the overall sound of this album it's it's the more positive take on that and i 
I guess I completely agree that it's talking about taking your insecurities and these little things about you and putting it in someone else. Um, mm-hmm. Speaking of putting things into other people, again. Yeah, one of the never, things. Never in this album has it been literal. Um, well, uh. <laughs> not not in the way in which we all are thinking right now. But Yeah, yeah. Uh, but just I like mean, placing some random We've talked about putting inside. somebody in your ribs, and uh, we've talked about putting all of your you know your negativities into somebody else but in worms into feeders yeah yeah but never have and putting things into caverns yeah putting which, things into things that's why i, I don't know so broad just i don't know how the fuck else you you interpret that but yeah yeah we have yet to actually touch on the real the real deal um and i think that this song kind of shies away from it again which is great because it leads leaves it up to open to interpretation mm-hmm mm-hmm especially little things like I'll pretend that I'm blind in one eye and I'll hide it in you. Like, I don't know. That seems like a cute little relationship thing, right? Like, a, hmm. I don't know what to do with that. Like, yeah, I, I would not, the cute would not be one of the words that I use to describe this song. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I'll give you that. I'll give you that, <laughs> but it is a pretty song and it's a great way to end the album. Uh, it is. It's short. It's sweet. Uh, it's it's honestly I forgot about this song until I yeah. started to intentionally listen to the album uh, and right. like looking at each song as the song changed because it is it's just two minutes at the end of the album it and is. it goes pretty well back into Crawlers Out so it does absolutely and it's very simple it's like one drum beat and a couple of like repetitive clap sounds and that's it mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is the perfect I think the perfect way to do an outro to this album. And I yeah. think the perfect way to lead into an outro to the podcast. Oh. <laughs> well, as sad as been, it is. Yeah. Well, this has been a lot of fun, though, Riley. Uh, thank you so much yeah. for talking about this album I, with me. I, you know, and if anything, this this album has really, I mean, really spoken to the value of trying things that you're not prepared to try. Um, and I think this podcast will get into that for a lot of people. They'll see episode titles and want to never listen to it mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. that's exactly what i thought when you said purity ring i was like oh god yeah i'm gonna have to wear day glow when i talk about this <laughs> not at all it's canadian <laughs> I'm gonna have man. to take mushrooms <laughs> and that's the only way i'm ever gonna enjoy this but i enjoyed it completely sober and without a spray tan and it was amazing um and i suggest you all do the same um, and you'll be able to do that easily from our show notes. And like Clark said earlier at secretweaponsproductions.com slash echo slash four on this one. And mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. we'll provide all the links that you need to enjoy this album with us. And if you hate electronic music, please let us know because I know that a lot of you do. Um, please let us know how little talent it takes and how much more talented <laughs> you are as a music- musician. Mm-hmm. And we'll be sure to respond to you and cover your album instead um nice but as <laughs> as it's <laughs> clark says nice but what he really means is stop offending our listeners um <laughs> it's all good fun man it's all good fun <laughs> so yeah i uh, i think this was a this was a wonderful endeavor into electronic music and i think this is a great place to start for a lot of you that are at least tentative about jumping into it because i think this covers a lot of different genres while still having a very heavy electronic influence. So please visit us, uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all that good stuff, um, and you'll be hearing more about this kind of music 
um, and much more kinds, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, what what did we decide on for our next full album? What are we working oh, on? I think Daft Punk Random Access Memories. Oh yeah. yeah. So that that's a great it's a great connection between pop and electronic um, because you've all heard Daft Punk for sure, and mm-hmm. I think uh, I have only heard the one song. <laughs> off of the album that we're going to talk about but oh man we also have a another special guest lined up for that one Woo, you guys gonna are going to be, so be hearing other people besides me and clark so praise be to god for that and you um, could be another one of those people too i mean absolutely we're, yeah we're here we we like people like tell yeah, us we like talking album. to people yeah if you if you can download skype which most of you probably can mm-hmm. we can talk to you and we would love to talk about your favorite albums as well so just let us know awesome All right, well, I've been Clark. And this is Riley. Have a great night, everybody.